we want to welcome everybody on Facebook Live and on the blog and wherever here in the building. Praise God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. But if you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. In other words, if you're not born again, you're not his. You don't have the spirit of Christ. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, lives in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life or quicken Give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit or because of his spirit who dwells in you. Father, we love you. We praise you. We glorify you and we bless you. We thank you as always for your blessed holy word and the anointing upon it. We thank you for our ears to hear your word, our hearts to receive it, and our minds to be open to the glorious light of your word. We believe you today as a group for utterance in the Holy Spirit to proclaim the truth of your word that makes people free. We thank you for spiritual freedom in a free country where we are free to worship, praise, praise, speak, and teach your word without fear of retribution or reprisal. We honor you today. We thank you that your word is true, that you're not a man to lie nor the son of man to repent. What you said you'll do, what you spoke, you'll make good. We exchange strengths with you today. We thank you that we need no man to teach us. We're taught by the unction, the Holy Spirit, who lives within us as believers. Thank you for your Holy Spirit in filling us, indwelling us, leading us and guiding us into all truth, and teaching us all things, and bringing those things to our remembrance whatsoever we've heard, and showing us things to come. Thank you, dear Father, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we honor you today. We thank you that our preaching, teaching, witnessing, and ministering isn't with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of your spirit and power. So our faith doesn't stand in the wisdom of men, but in your power, the power of the living God. We thank you, Father, again, for your love poured out in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word, that it doesn't return void, it accomplishes what you please, and prospers in the thing for which you sent it. We thank you, dear Father, that we receive today, and we believe, according to Mark 11:24, revelation, heart knowledge of your word for each of us that rises up within us as we need it, should Jesus tarry in the coming days, weeks, months, and years. We thank you, we praise you, we glorify you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, if we're born again, if we're Christians, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, Counselor, Advocate, Intercessor, Strengthener, Standby, Helper, Teacher, and Guide, dwells in us, in our spirit. Uh, he's 
he doesn't necessarily, you know, he's in our bodies because our spirits are in our bodies. But he dwells within our spirits, the heart of us, the, the uh, spiritual being that we are. We are spirits. We have minds and we live in bodies. So he dwells within our spirit. Physical healing, though, divine healing, is a spiritual thing. We see that here in verse 11. If the, say, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. If that spirit dwells in you, if you're born again, if you're a Christian, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. He cares about our mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The same spirit. The same spirit. The powerhouse that raised Jesus from the dead lives within us as born-again Christians. Now we can have a measure of the Holy Spirit, just like we can pour half a glass of water. We can have a measure, or we can have a, a full amount of uh, a, an infilling, full filling of the Holy Spirit, like we can fill a full glass of water. In fact, water is one of the symbolic uh, ways that we talk about the Holy Spirit. So we, we thank God for that. He makes us alive, makes our mortal bodies alive. How can it be? How can that be? You know, don't try to figure it out with your minds. Our minds are finite things. Uh, our spirits will live forever. Our minds are going to live forever. But right now, our minds can't comprehend everything that uh, that's going on. It can't comprehend everything that's happening in the Word. You know, don't try to figure it out. How can it be? Well, we know how it happened. Jesus took uh, those stripes in Pilate's judgment hall for our healing. You know, if it if it wasn't for our healing, then he had no need to take those stripes. He had no need. Uh, why would he allow himself to take those stripes if it wasn't for healing? I mean, he was—he knew that he was going on the cross. He knew he was going to be crucified. Why did he need 39 stripes to add to it? Makes no sense in the natural realm. He took those stripes uh, in Pilate's judgment hall for our healing. The Bible tells us that. If it wasn't, like I said, if it wasn't, he had no need to do that. It was unnecessary. How many of you know he didn't do unnecessary things when he walked this earth? He doesn't do unnecessary things now. He took our sins, uh, took our poverty, took our bondage, our lack, and our sickness to the cross. But he paid for our healing up front in Pilate's judgment hall. Look at Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 1. We're talking about the same spirit today. We're healed, we're kept alive, we're kept going by the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that powerhouse. The great and mighty Holy Spirit. Verse 1 of Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? A lot of people don't believe the report now. For he shall grow up before we, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. 
He's despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquitted with grief. Now, if you look at those verses, he has no form or comeliness. You know, what does that mean? He has no uh, splendor, no appearance. He doesn't draw attention. Uh, no beauty that we should desire him. In other words, he's, he's not uh, given the appearance, you know, that everybody's going to take notice. Uh, he is despised and rejected by men. Rejected, forsaken. A man of sorrows. What sorrows mean in the Hebrew? Uh, it's uh, uh, a man of pains. Man of pains and acquainted with grief. What's grief? Well, we grieve when somebody... Well, no, it means sickness here. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, pierced through. He was bruised or crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, blows that cut in. Where did he receive the blows that cut in? In Pilate's judgment hall. By his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. Thank God. And we'll see in a minute here, Peter looks back at the cross and sees that, and he says in 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes we were healed. So we are healed. Verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as the lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. He opened not his mouth is a statement of the servant's complete submission. Praise God. He was taken from prison. You know, well, he was thrown in jail when he was waiting for, for his uh, crucifixion, to be crucified. He was taken from prison, taken from jail, and from judgment. And who will declare his, this, his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth. This is all, you know, fulfilled. We, we see it. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him or to crush him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. Praise God. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great. 
he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul into death. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and he made intercession for the transgressors. Praise God. Where did he do that? Where did he, where did he purchase our healing? Pilate's judgment, no, and on the cross. Praise God. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. As I said, Peter looks back at the cross here. Isaiah looked forward. Every word of that prophecy fulfilled. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 24, who himself bore our sins on his own body on the tree. Thank God that he did. That we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes, wounds, it means in the uh, Greek, by whose stripes, blows that cut in in the Hebrew, wounds in the, in the Greek, you were healed. Praise God. Thank God. For you were like sheep going astray. And have now returned to the shepherd and overseer, overseer of your souls. Praise God. Thank God. Why did he do all that? Why didn't he just die for our sins? Why did he die for all the other things? Well, if you've read the Bible, you understand he died for our poverty. He died for our bondage. God doesn't like servitude and bondage. He died for uh, our iniquities. You know, sins and iniquities are almost the same. They are the same, basically. He died for our healing and our health. Thank God we can have health. Uh, Peter's intent in quoting Isaiah 53.5 is to show that personal wholeness, mental, psychological, physical, and spiritual flows from our conversion. Thank God. And that, that bears in mind what the word salvation is. Sozo. Uh, you know, we see that. It means saved, healed, cured, preserved, kept safe and sound, rescued from danger and destruction, and delivered. He's given us new lives and caused us to have new hearts. Praise God. Why? 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 Why did he do that? Why does he care about our physical bodies? They're not going to last. But we need him on this earth, don't we? we? We can't get along without him while we're here. We can't win people to the kingdom you know, while we're sick in bed. You know, we can attest to that, most of us. Most of us have, have had... Uh, some attack on our physical body. If you haven't, praise God. Matthew chapter 8. Why did he do it? Why did he bother? I mean, prophecy was fulfilled, took our sins. Verse 14. Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he said, well, let her go home and and go on, she'll be better. No. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she rose and served them. Touched her hand. Verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick 
to show his, his you know, ability and show that he was God. No. Why? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Praise God forevermore. Prophecy fulfilled. Why else did he do it? Just to fulfill prophecy? Well, that would have been enough, right? But look at Jeremiah chapter 30. Verse 16. Jeremiah was a prophet, not a bullfrog. It says, Therefore, all those who devour you shall be devoured. And all your adversaries, every one of them, shall go into captivity. Those who plunder you shall become plunder. And all who prey upon you, I'll make a prey. Verse 17. For I will restore health to you and heal you, of your, heal you of your wounds, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, This is Zion. No one seeks her. You know, sometimes you're going to need restoration. You might have some uh, problem with, you know, organically. Even though you, you know, you had surgery or you, you were, you know, healed by divine healing, whatever, you might need restoration in your physical body. It says, I will restore health to you. Stand on that. Stand on that res restoration. You know, whether, you know, it's a, <laughs> there, there, there's so many things that, that need to be restored. Our health, he said, I'll restore health to you. And the great thing is, you know, there's been more than one person that's had a, a vision of heaven or even been to heaven and returned and said, there's a whole warehouse full of body parts up there. Now, what's that for? To make people? No, you know, if we need restored, you know, we're, we're not tapping into what belongs to us. Why did Jesus do it? Fulfill prophecy for restoration. And look at this. Look at Nahum chapter 1. Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, like that. Nahum chapter 1. Verse 7. They call these minor prophets. I'm sure they, they're happy to hear that. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. You know, the Bible never hints that we're not going to have any trouble. So, you know, we don't need to cry to the Lord and say, Why am I going, Lord, why is this happening to me? Well, it's happening because we're alive on this earth. You know, this, this is a temporary place. It's temporary in and of itself. He says, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows who trusted him. But with an overflowing flood, he'll make another end of its place. And darkness will pursue his enemies. What do you conspire against the Lord or devise against the Lord? He'll make another end of it. Affliction will not rise up a second time. What a blessing. What a, a promise to stand on. 
affliction won't rise up the second time. In other words, you beat something, don't let the devil slap it back on you. He'll try. He'll slap the symptoms right back on you. know, we're told that in the New Testament. When the evil spirit's gone out of a man, uh, he goes and find, tries to find another place where he can't find it. He goes back to his house, finds it empty, swept, and garnished. Don't leave your house empty, swept, and garnished. Fill yourself up with the word of God. But is that for now? Or was that for them? Was that for the Old Testament people? Is that for us? Do we have a better covenant established on better promises? Yes, we do. Acts chapter 10. Peter, preaching to Cornelius' household. Verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. The King James says, He's not a respecter of persons. I like the way Brother Keith Moore always, when they, they read testimonies at their church, and he'll say, remember, what he's done for others, he'll do for you. Some great testimonies. People say, boy, those people are sure lucky. No, they're not lucky. What he's done for others, he'll do it for you. Peter opened his mouth and, and said, I perceive God shows no partiality. Partiality in the Greek is a word that I won't even attempt to pronounce, but it's a Greek word, 4381 in the Strong's. A receiver of a face, one who takes sides, showing favoritism, exhibiting bias, showing discrimination, showing partiality, uh, treating one person better than another. While society makes distinctions among people, God's love and grace are available for all and can be received by anyone. Verse 35, But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. See, there's a colon after how John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Boy, wouldn't it be wonderful if Jesus was still here now, right? Doing that same thing. Well, you know, if you're a Christian, he's still here now. He lives within you as a member of the body of Christ. And he shows no partiality. He'll, he's still uh, going about doing good and healing all that were or that are oppressed of the devil. For God was and is with him. He's seated right now at the right hand of the Father. Look at Mark chapter 1 and verse 40. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you're willing, you can make me clean. In other words, if it's your will, you have the ability, you have the power. But if you want to, you can make me clean. 
Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. So what's that have to do with us? It has everything to do with us. He doesn't love that leper, that man, any more than he loves you or me or anybody else in the body of Christ or, or people that aren't in the body of Christ. He's not a respecter of persons. And if we, in the interest of time, I'm going to give you two more witnesses, not read them because they say the same thing. Matthew 8, 2, Luke 5, 12. Three witnesses. He, it is his will. He made this man clean. He'll do the same thing for you. And you don't have leprosy. You know, well, I have something worse. Well, no, you don't. Thank God you don't. You know, we've all been through our little issues, little idiosyncrasies, little pains, problems. If he's done it for others, he'll do it for you, quote unquote. Why? How can you say that? You know, that's just an instant. Look at Hebrews 13.8. This is how I can say it. You know this. You don't even have to read it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Past, present, and future, right? How many other time periods are there? None. There's past, there's present, and there's future. Yesterday's gone. Today's here now, present. And we've got the future. We've got a long future to look forward to. So is everybody else. Only ours is going to be in the presence of the Lord. Presence of Jesus in the kingdom. Worshiping, praising, thanking, doing the things that we're going to be doing in heaven. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still healing now. He's still going about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil. Look with me at two more scriptures and we'll close. Psalm 103. This ought to be our confession every day. It's Old Testament. It's, it's Old Covenant. It's written to spiritually dead. You know, whatever isn't modified by the New Testament stands as written. Psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, that means to remember, all his benefits. What are they, David? Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. You want to be forgiven? Certainly, that's in our covenant. Who heals all your diseases? So is that. Who redeems your life from destruction? So is that. Who crowns your, you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Psalm 107, verse 19. This whole psalm is, you know, the same thing. God acting in our behalf, in their behalf. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Oh Lord, why do we have this trouble? No, it says, He saved them out of their distress. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. 
Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Praise God. Thank God. Divine healing is a spiritual thing. Don't turn there, but you know what Proverbs 4, verse 20 says. My son, give attention. Pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Fill yourself up with the word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let him depart from your eyes. Don't let those sayings, those words, depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those that find them. And health, literal Hebrew medicine, to all their flesh. All your flesh. Guard your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life, the wellsprings of life. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, quickening, making alive our mortal, natural bodies till we're finished on this earth. Grab onto that. Live in it. It's yours. Praise God. Father, we love you. We praise you and we bless you and we thank you. We thank you for your healing hand that you've stretched forth in our midst, that signs and wonders are done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. Thank you that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, quickening, making alive our mortal, physical bodies by the spirit that dwells in us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're out there and you say, that spirit doesn't dwell in me, I can't stand on that promise. I've never been born again. I've never asked Jesus to be my Savior and made Him the Lord of my life. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, Romans 10, 13, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts God raised Him from the dead, we'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10, 13 says, all those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Call upon Him today. Confess your sins to Him today. Repent, and you're in. It's the easiest thing you'll ever do. Pray this prayer with us. It'll be the greatest day of your life. Don't hesitate. Don't wait another day. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. If it was then, it is now. Now is now. Pray with us. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, just as I am. Your word says that if I come, you won't turn me away. You're not going to cast me out. Jesus, come into my life, into my heart as my Savior, and I make you the Lord of my life. I repent of all my past sins and ask your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I'm now your child. I'm born again, born from above. That same spirit dwells in me that raised Jesus from the dead. I believe you raised him from the dead and I confess it with my mouth. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Father, and I'll speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for delivering me.
Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, get to a good church. A word-believing, word-teaching, word-living, word-doing church. Stay in His Word. Get into a good devotional. Every day, read it every day. There's ones out there that you can get offline that are just take a few minutes. Stay in the Word. If you get online, listen to ministers uh, or, or broadcast TV or wherever. Listen to ones who are teaching the full gospel, the unadulterated word of truth. You know, not, not half of it, not a third of it, the full gospel. Stay in His Word. Stay in faith. Keep the Word before your eyes. Thanks for joining us today. Have a blessed rest of the weekend. Wonderful week. Praise God. We want to welcome everybody. Facebook Live, and on the blog. Sing praises to your name.